Hi, I'm Paddy Billington, and welcome to episode five of the Visit Scarborough podcast. And a massive thank you for those who have been listening to our previous episodes. We've got hundreds of listeners already from all over the world, so thank you. And don't forget, you can subscribe, like, and share this podcast wherever you get yours from. We're on iTunes, Spotify, and at visitscarborough.com forward slash podcast. Coming up in episode five, we'll speak to Amy Bartle from Central Tramway, which is celebrating 140 years in Scarborough this year. Also, this week's hidden gem is Oliver's Mount. It's not just all about the motorbike racing there, you know. Also, we've got Scarborough Tourism News. We'll discuss the beast from the east, which could hit Scarborough this weekend. And you've been telling us about your favourite events in Scarborough. So delighted to welcome this week's guest. It's Amy Bartle from Central Tramway. This historic tramway is situated between the Grand Hotel, the Town Hall and the Royal Hotel in the heart of Scarborough. Amy, great to have you on the Visit Scarborough podcast. What's your role with Central Tramway? I'm the fourth generation of, actually, it's the Purse House family. So my maiden name was Purse House um, and my great-grandfather and grandfather got involved in the Central Tramway in the 1960s. Um, They visited frequently from Rotherham. We're South Yorkshire based um, and they loved Scarborough. So it was my great grandfather who would stay in the Grand Hotel with his wife and um, yeah, just loved Scarborough, thought it was, you know, their favourite place to visit. Um, And he was a bit of an entrepreneur, probably is a, a kind word to use. He liked finding business opportunities and he saw one with the tramway. He sort of obviously recognised how busy it was and saw a bit of an opportunity. So he actually started buying up shares in the business and that that continued. So, yeah, I'm the fourth generation now to be involved. I work on the marketing side of the business, press and marketing, but also my roles expanded to be more community engagement. So we work with local schools, we work with the museums trust um, and we we really look to, to sort of educate people really on, on how the tramway has been such a big part of Scarborough's history um, so we are a service and that's you know the primary function we were very busy we're one of the busiest funiculars in the country so we carry almost half a million passengers every year or on a on a normal year I would say so we are one of the busiest in the country but really we're also a heritage site so it's really important for us that we um yeah, that we, we sort of educate people and um, and continue that legacy. Really, is it's a real you know, it's a real icon on the Scarborough landscape, along with the the spa lift, obviously, which was the first in Scarborough. But we see it as such an important part of the local area that we really want to make people understand and appreciate it. It is a service. It's a very useful mm. service for people to get yes. from the town centre to the beach and vice versa. But it Absolutely. is also it is also a tourist attraction, really, as well, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what's lovely is people will visit and they will share their memories of the first time they came, maybe with their grandparents or with their great grandparents. Um, and we, you know, we really do appreciate it when, you know, the manager at the site, um, Andrew Martin, loves speaking to visitors. And we will often have regular visitors who come back every year. And it really is a part of their family's story of visiting Scarborough. So, yeah, that's a really nice part for us. And you say you do the marketing. I always think the best bit of marketing 
that the tramway has is the McBean steps next to the tramway because when people look up those from the bottom, <laughs> they think, you know what, I think I'll just take the lift. <laughs> well, there was a brave soul last year who actually climbed those steps, um, the equivalent height, I want to say, of Everest, and we helped him um, travel down. Uh, but, yeah, he did, I think he did nearly 200 flights up the stairs then i think certainly after the first few he, he realized what a task he'd taken on so yes those steps and unfortunately because of the seagulls it's not very nice walk either if you do take the steps yeah yeah um, it's a it's a, a fascinating location isn't it you know uh, between the the grand hotel and the saint nicholas gardens the town hall the royal hotel it's a lovely corner of scarborough isn't it and i think the tramway just makes it really because it's just full of Victorian heritage um, and not many places have that. And we really are proud of that heritage and proud with the links of Scarborough. So the first chairman of the company was John Woodall Woodall and his home, his family home was actually the council building, what, what is now the council building. So the tramway was built on his land. Um, the St Nicholas Gardens were his gardens. At the bottom of the gardens there, he, he had a boat building yard. Um, he was a really fascinating character in terms of Scarborough's history. He was four times the mayor of Scarborough. Um, he was a marine biologist, incredibly well-educated, and he travelled really widely. So he was very outward-looking. He was very conscious of Scarborough's place in, you know, British life. You know, it was a real centre for tourism, mainly because of the spa at that time. So it had changed from being... Um, the health benefits of visiting the spa waters to the entertainment at the spa. And he just, you know, much like my great grandfather, he saw a business opportunity. So he saw um, the development of the spa lift in 1875. And then there was actually a second funicular that mm, a few, most people may not be familiar with. Um, on the Queen's Parade on the North Bay, there was a funicular that was built around 1878 to serve the pier that was built on the North Bay. Um, so there were two funiculars before ours, uh, but John Woodall, Woodall, being the astute businessman, saw the opportunity and he set about selling £10,000 worth of shares. So the shares were £5 each um, and they were sold to local business people we've still got those original documents and that's what is really lovely that we can you know read through the history and um, people like Robert Lawton who was the father of Ch Charles Lawton he was one of the original shareholders and it really was lots of different people in Scarborough so it wasn't just the great and the good it was um, tradespeople, um, you know butchers bakers there were all kinds of different people that looked to invest in this new business opportunity it's so interesting hearing the history behind the central tramway fascinating speaking amy stay there we will chat more shortly on the visit scarborough podcast this is episode five of the visit scarborough podcast still to come we'll discover our hidden gem which this week is oliver's mount in scarborough we'll do some scarborough tourism news as well and could the beast from the east be hitting Scarborough from this weekend? And we'll chat more with Amy in a few moments. But first, you can follow Visit Scarborough on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And if you do that, you'll see us post topics for the podcast each week. Now, the latest is this one. What is your favourite Scarborough event? Which events bring you to the resort? 
Thanks for the stuff in on this. Norma Butterworth says it was my honeymoon, actually, which brought me to Scarborough in 1961. And Maureen Eker says I had my honeymoon in Scarborough as well in 1968. Claire Sampson says Armed Forces Day is a favourite, but any day is good. Now, Scarborough was due to have the National Armed Forces Day in 2020. Due to the coronavirus pandemic, that was postponed. It is due to happen this year, last Saturday in June, and it's always a massive event in Scarborough. For some reason, the sun always shines. It's always a baking hot day as well. And we have aerial displays. We have the RNLI doing displays out at sea. We have the helicopters. We have all sorts. Uh, we've got um, like a vintage fair on the harbour side usually as well. It's the only day of the year that the harbour is fully closed off to traffic. There's parades. I mean, there's all sorts. It's always a very special day. Sometimes they team it up with the Scarborough Open Air Theatre and have a uh, a, a concert on like a last night the prom style concert sometimes they'll tie in the uh, naval warfare display in P-Zone Park as well and that's always what normally happens but you can imagine how big the National Armed Forces Day would be it was going to be off the scale so hopefully we'll get another bite of the cherry if not this summer then uh, maybe next year but we'll see uh, Pizan Park does get a mention actually on one of the comments as well Jennifer Trimnell says we love the naval warfare display in Pizan Park I mean that is one of the longest shows on earth anyway we'll do some more of these very very soon the question what are your favourite events in Scarborough what events bring you to Scarborough Right now, let's speak more to my guest. It's Amy Bartle from Central Tramway in Scarborough. Now, I know you said you're one of the busiest tramways in the country, which is fantastic, with about half a million users every year. But have you had to expand, do different things, try and think outside the box a little bit to develop the tramway? It's a really interesting one, to be honest, because I think the service aspect of it is still really relevant so people do still visit South Bay we are really reliant on tourism like all the businesses on the South Bay uh, we rely on those visitors coming to Scarborough and because of the the landscape of Scarborough a lot of people after a long day on the beach they don't want to take that climb back up the cliff to their hotel so we are really fortunate that the core of the business is those people that do want to ride do want to travel whether it is for convenience or whether it is for that different experience while they are they are on their holidays but one thing we have done is you know we've, we've tried to expand in terms of we have books now that we produce about the tramway and about Scarborough's five funiculars and other funiculars around the country so we're part of the Heritage Railway Association and part of that association is other cliff railways around the country and it's it's a great organization because we're able to help each other it's there is no competition in the business at all we're all um you know, we all share information because one of the biggest things for us has been the changes in technology. A big thing for the Central Tramway is obviously maintaining the heritage and the appearance, that Victorian look of the tramway. But at the forefront of all of that is safety. So as technology has changed, as it's improved, we've really tried to um, take advantage of those advances and where we can improve the safe operation and the running um, where it's appropriate and we work with a you know, great team of engineers who help us to do that in a way that retains the character but makes sure that the ride is as safe and as reliable as we can as far into the future as we can. 
for those who who travelling from the uh, South Cliff, for example, or, or the Grand Hotel side, uh, approaching the tramway, they'd see that wonderful mural on the wall as well. Just tell us about that because that is great, isn't it? So yeah, we we've, we've really sort of tried to make the most of those aspects. So we've got um, a great mural at the top station that was done by Electric Angel, which is um, a local um, yeah a local design firm. And what we were trying to do was reference a lot of those nostalgic railway posters. So it's that feel of, um, yeah, perhaps a more glamorous time of travel. Um, We think about Victorian times, but also early 20th century when people were visiting Scarborough. And it was a very glamorous place to visit. And then at the bottom station, we've got our um, conductor who calls people from the from the beach so you can see him quite a way off down the south bay towards um the spa and yeah he's just sort of shouting to all the children really um and it if you look closely you might recognize who the character's based on yeah, okay interesting a... yeah yeah interesting <laughs> um and, and finally it's awful times at the moment with the pandemic and, and it is a very difficult time for the tourism industry locally I'm sure there will be some sort of season at some point this year. We're keeping our fingers crossed. What are your thoughts on the outlook ahead for Scarborough? Yeah, we're we're really hopeful that um, we may see a return to some trade this this summer. Um, I think we anticipate it may be a bit quieter um, if tier restrictions continue. Um, yeah, we're just really hopeful that there will be some return of visitors really because it's our 140th anniversary this year. So August is going to be a big month for us um, in terms of, yeah, sharing that history um, and just, yeah, making people aware. So we really do hope that people will be returning when it's safe to do so. Yeah, for all all the businesses on the South Bay and in Scarborough, not just ourselves. Well, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it and uh, look forward to it being back open again because sometimes even if you're quite happy to walk up the steps or the path <laughs> through the gardens. It's just a nice treat to go on the uh, the tramway. It is it is like a little tourist attraction and so many places don't have anything like that really. So we are lucky. So even even for locals, we enjoy using it as well. Really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Brilliant. Thanks for your support, Paddy. We really do appreciate it. This is episode five of the Visit Scarborough podcast. And if you've missed any of the previous episodes, you can find the Visit Scarborough podcast absolutely everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you normally get your podcast. And also you can see all the episodes, one after the other, listed at visitscarborough.com forward slash podcast. Right, let's do some more of the stuff that you've been sending in about your favourite Scarborough events and the events that bring you to Scarborough in normal times anyway. Janet Pattinson says the open-air theatre is what first brought me to Scarborough. And then Armed Forces Day, love the Goldwing Light Parade as well. And also the most amazing hotel owner, Lawrence Watson. I wonder which hotel Lawrence runs. It'd be good to find out. Janet Jackson says the Honda Goldwing Light Parade in September is just brilliant. Now, if you are interested in the Goldwing Light Parade, on episode four, last week, my guest was the new organiser of that, Phil Houghton. So he's talking all about the hopes for the 2021 event, which is scheduled for the 11th of September. So if you are feeling confident, why not book your hotels? Because if it does go ahead as planned, those hotels will fill up very, very fast. And fingers crossed there'll be a big firework display at the end of that night as well. 
And as soon as we find out more, we will, of course, let you know on the Visit Scarborough podcast. Right now, it is time for this week's hidden gem, which is Oliver's Mount, the 500 feet high hill looking down over all of Scarborough and named after Oliver Cromwell. Now, we know that the Civil War was fought in Scarborough between Cromwell's parliamentarians and Charles's royalists, but there's no actual evidence of Cromwell ever visiting, although some think he stored some weapons on the hill. That said, until the 1800s, Oliver's Mount was simply called Weapon S. Now, it's most famous for being England's only road racing track. The public country lanes becoming a racing track for motorbikes several times a year. And over those weekends, this is what Oliver's Mount sounds like. The track is narrow and bendy with steep climbs and steep descents. It is a breathtaking place to watch the sport. Uh, The races started as a bit of entertainment to welcome back the troops after the Second World War in 1946. But what fewer may know is that Oliver's Mount is also a country park. There are a maze of paths which go along, around and up the mount, offering the visitor the chance to hike up to the summit through some really quite lovely woodland and enjoy one of the finest views anywhere in Scarborough as a reward. Many will drive up park near the view and enjoy a few minutes looking down on the rooftops and the coastline. At the summit there's also the Cenotaph which honours Scarborough's fallen heroes. Close by is the fabulous Oliver's on the Mount restaurant, lovely food, stunning views. At the bottom of the western side of Oliver's Mount is the Mere. Back in the day the boat Hispaniola would take families to an island on the lake to hunt for doubloons. Other children would go on a pedalo or a canoe. I did it myself in the 80s. These days, those attractions have gone. The mere handed back to nature and the local angling club. But you can still walk all the way around and there's a small cafe at the car park as well. Exploring the mountain, you might see deer. You might also hear these. That's right, donkeys. Some of Scarborough's famous beach donkeys live on the slopes of Oliver's Mount as well. The paths can be very muddy in the winter, and geologically speaking, Oliver's Mount is part of the Tabula Hills. They run all the way from Scarborough to the western edge of the North York Moors, about 40 or so miles west. They're characterised by their flat sloping tops, which then drop down in the form of a sharp escarpment on the northern edge, like at Oliver's Mount, but other examples include Saltergate Bank near the whole of Hawkeham on the A169. These rocks are made from corals from a warm sea which covered the area and they're about 150 million years old. We're saying this every week at the moment, when it's safe to visit Scarborough again, Oliver's Mount is well worthy of a bit of exploration. Either driving up to the top to look at the view, enjoying the motorbike racing when that returns, or hiking up from town and enjoying a coffee and a cake at the cafe as a reward. We'll do another hidden gem next week on the Visit Scarborough podcast. This is episode five of the Visit Scarborough podcast. This is Paddy Billington. Thank you for listening. We're going to wrap things up shortly with more of your favourite Scarborough events. Right now, some Scarborough tourism news to share with you. And this is good. A national bar and restaurant chain has been granted planning permission to renovate empty premises on the harbour side in Scarborough. Now, this was the Pizza Express building opposite Ask Italian on the harbour side, on Sandside. It's actually been empty since Pizza Express closed in August last year. And it's a really prominent building on the harbour side. It looks like Lounges UK Limited are going to be moving in, uh, opening one of their lounge franchise bars. They're promising 
uh, breakfast, lunch, afternoon tea and dinner and maybe serving alcohol from 10 in the morning till half past midnight. So that could be great news for Scarborough, for visitors to the harbour in the not-too-distant future. And Scarborough is bracing itself for another beast from the east. This could be the coldest weather to hit Scarborough since February and March 2018, when we saw plenty of snow, sub-zero temperatures day and night, and also some quite bad damage as well to some of the seawalls and promenades and in places... Almost entire beaches were washed away as well. It was really severe weather. So we'll see if it is as bad as that, but it looks like it could get really cold from this weekend onwards. And that's your Scarborough Tourism News. Right, we'll round it off this week with some more of your comments on the Visit Scarborough Facebook page, tweets to at Scarborough UK and the Visit Scarborough Instagram page. This is on your favourite Scarborough events and the events that bring you to Scarborough in normal times. Brenda Frost says, had holidays in Scarborough, plus a fast love tribute show at the spa, which was amazing. Spent the whole weekend in Scarborough at that time. Rachel Beswick, we've seen shows at the Spa and the Open Air Theatre. And in July 2019, we came for the Seafest weekend, which was brilliant. Hopefully, we'll be visiting in August, fingers crossed. Ruth Dale says, The event which brought me to Scarborough for the first time was my honeymoon in 1967. I lived near Manchester at the time. Never expected to come and live in Scarborough 20 years later. Mick Thompson, Elvis Costello and the attractions at the Futurist Theatre. Unfortunately, found a sign outside saying the gig had been cancelled. Oh, no. And Dave says, the Cricket Festival in Scarborough. Thank you so much for all the comments. We really appreciate that. Find Visit Scarborough on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and watch out for our next topic ahead of episode six, which will drop, as they say, next Wednesday, the 10th of February, when Scarborough could very much be in the freezer with the beast from the east. The Visit Scarborough podcast is an MPB production. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. 